Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. Do you ever <laughs> just think about how like we do a podcast? And it, it, in a way, it's really weird because we're attorneys and we're, we spend our time on Thursday nights <laughs> recording a podcast. I mean, I have a great time, but when I start looking at it from a third person's perspective, I'm just like, what are we doing? But I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only, I guess it's technically evening for me, but it's early evening. For you, it's a little bit later. Yeah. Seven o'clock. People don't really want to listen to attorneys for the most part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But who, who wants to li- But people, people have been listening. We, I mean, we have a nice little following now. I mean, it's pretty, it's neat, you know? It's a lot to live up to. That's true. Are you sure that we had, haven't been artificially inflating our listener counts? No, we have for sure. I mean, I just, okay. I mean, <laughs> but I'd say the number of fake listeners we have is just enormous. It's in the trillions, actually. I bring that up because that's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know. I guess you could call that count that as social currency, couldn't you? Absolutely. I think it's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty broad definition of what social currency is. I don't think there's any definite things that fall under it, but that's what we're going to talk about today: social currency. And there's a lot of. I mean, it, it raises a lot of interesting questions because I'm sure. Well, I mean, we we know for sure because it's happened. <laughs> to the firm before with artificially oh, yeah. inflating, <laughs> not necessarily like view counts or, you know, things like that or time someone's viewed a video, but, but definitely manipulation, right? Yeah. It was, it was voting, right? When we did, ran that, uh, photo competition. We got to tell that because it's happened so long ago. Most people probably don't know the story. So I'll give you the 30 second version, which will probably be a two minute version. But anyway, so we had this, it was a really cool idea. We had these, I don't know what they are, these little piggy banks, right? And we gave them out at events. And the, we had a contest, basically, okay, take this piggy bank and take a photo with it and make it interesting. Matt's holding it up. No one else can see it, by the way. We, we're not on TV, by the way, Matt, just so you know. <laughs> and so, and so, so, you know, we, we gave them out and, and the idea is, okay, take, take a photo with our piggy bank with our logo on it and, you know, make it interesting and then post it on our Facebook page and then we'll, you know, do an open voting and whoever gets the most votes will get an iPad. And of course, like, you know, we get a lot of photos, but then most people don't even, they like email it to us. They don't follow the rules and all this stuff like that. So we get, we get a good number of submissions, but, yeah. and then one of the photo, and by the way, correct me, Matt, if I'm ruining the story, because I, I forget the details, but <laughs> one of the persons got like a hundred more votes than everyone else. It was like immediate too. Like, it? and like within like, yeah, within a day or so. And it's like, okay, maybe he got his friends to, uh, to do it. But then we started looking at the actual people that were voting and it was like obvious, like basically all of them were from the same country and it was like either the (laughs) Philippines or Indonesia or something like that. And there was exactly 100 of them. And then we're like, wait a minute. I mean, you know, we're, we're familiar with the fact that you can just buy social media likes and things like that online. And of course you can do the same thing. You can buy people to vote for you online as well. And that's exactly what happened. So this person basically cheated himself to get an iPad. And of course we didn't give him one, but we were so pissed off about it that we literally blacklisted him in our, in our CRM software. (laughs) Remember that? Because I was like, okay, whoever this guy is, we're not, you know, we're not dealing with them. But anyway, well, that was, I think, I think you were just upset. I was just, 
indifferent to the situation. No, Matt was the most upset. In fact, I didn't care. I was. I actually wanted to give him the iPad. I was like, that was so clever and ingenious <laughs> that we should reward him for his for his intelligence. I mean, that's a topic for another day. And I don't know if we've ever gone into detail about you know, there's pretty strict rules for contests and sweepstakes and yeah. things like that. Check out the site. Uh, Pasha Lossai. I know there's a good, you did a good posting on that, I believe at some point. Yeah. It might be, I don't know if it's a little dated, but yeah, most of it's probably still applicable. But yeah, good lead in. So we have this social currency and I don't think we're going to talk about any instances of so- something along those lines. A lot of these deal with the various social media platforms and, you know, instead of a video that should only get, you know, a thousand views, it gets a hundred thousand views or, you know, just, you can prorate that out and it is even more so. But there's a few cases against YouTube, against Google, against Facebook, of various people that have brought these lawsuits against these the social media platforms for various reasons, because it all deals with this. It's obviously these people that are, are building up this social currency, you know, that's that's their value right there. So if you have an instance where YouTube, for example, deletes your account or suspends your account or removes it, you know, removes a video or relocates it so your view count is back down to zero that's a big deal for these people that essentially make their living off of the social media platforms yeah and and literally people will pay as you guys and business owners know this that if you want to promote a product with a celebrity or some sort even a you know a bc list celebrity one of the key key things you need to look at is how many followers they have how many likes they have whether you're launching a product and, and getting into a third-party supplier or distribution channel, or you're launching a film project, whatever it is, these statistics actually matter. And so if it's fake, then obviously, you know, YouTube and these other, other social media channels has a vested interest to make sure that you're not manipulating the data. So have you heard of... Yes. <laughs> Darna? Darna with two A's at the end? No. I'm familiar with the case because... I'm prepared for today. <laughs> well, me too. But other, before today, no. Yeah, so I haven't heard of her either, but I, I am also familiar with the case. So basically, she had a video that she put up on, I'm sure it was YouTube, I, I assume. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Mm-hmm. She had this music video she put up, and there were allegations that she you know, inflated her, her view count through some mechanism. So what YouTube did was remove the video and relocate it so her view count then got bumped down yeah can we pause there for a second so google who owns youtube of course they made an assessment that somehow there was some data manipulation or view count manipulation and and i think this is important like just as we talked about in the in the facebook contest example is people pay services or they'll go through like a a company called mechanical turk that offers a certain amount of money for each person that does a specific act so it could be okay you get paid five cents to go to this page and watch a video and the problem with that from a google's detection and if it's legitimate users then it's kind of hard to tell if it's, or I should say, it's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to tell if it's legitimate users or not. And so what they'll look at if it's all from a particular IP address or if it all happened at once and, and they're all directly linking from a certain page or, or all coming. So there's different algorithms and you know, they're, not, they're not dumb. They find a way to detect to distinguish between, you know, because things go viral all the time. So how are they going to detect whether or not this is a natural, organic, viral video that's being shared versus someone who's paying to manipulate the data? Right. 
And so that's essentially what they said is they, you know, this was a violation of our terms of service. So that's why we're going to remove the video, relocate it. So logically, what does she do? Darna, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. She sues the covenant of good faith and fair dealing, interference with prospective economic advantage, defamation. I'm not sure the, the defamation claim and injunction as well. And the interesting thing about, you know, this wasn't just someone who was complaining, hey, you know, I, I rely on this. She had also alleged that she had built several large campaigns around this video, costing a quarter of a million to $300,000. And that actually says several large campaigns, each costing two hundred fifty. So in theory, close to, a, you know, a million dollars or so, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, so quite a bit of money. I like how the court kind of tackled this was that, you know, this was clearly an adhesion contract, which is for the the layperson. How would you describe it? Just a, a one-sided contract, basically, the terms of service? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not only just one-sided, but it also has to be in a, like, just because it's a one-sided contract doesn't mean that it's an adhesion. It also has to be the manner of the contract, whether you know you have any kind of negotiating room. And so in general, we like to consider that all terms of service for websites and especially large websites versus the small consumer are going to be considered adhesion contracts in general. It's a, it's a safe assumption, in other words. Yeah, and, and the court came to a similar conclusion, but they also said, well, this is, it's only slightly unconscionable. So, you know, it's not her claim is doesn't really hold weight. I mean, there was an appeal. I guess one thing I should have mentioned with this case, the biggest issue with her lawsuit here was she, she missed the time to file on time. So she just <laughs> screwed that up completely and she didn't timely file the case. So that was a whole overarching issue. But I believe the court granted her leave to amend. So they kind of gave her a second chance. And that's when they got, I think, got into this appellate pro- the appeals process saying the terms of service for Google, they, you know, they might be ambiguous in terms of relocating or removing the review. And I mean, I think that's ultimately what it came down to is, and I think that's a common thing with a lot of these social media platforms or really probably any terms of service, to be frank. Yeah. And and one of the things the court said is that, look, this service is free of charge. Darna can post her music videos in another video service site. And that's obviously like, that's arguable, right? It's like, if you're going to post a video, really, you only have two options now. There's Facebook. Facebook now has its own video platform pretty much. And that's pretty, they've tried to independent or separate themselves from YouTube. And then there's YouTube. And then there's some others that are not, you know, unpopular, but basically really do have a choice. And that can be argued. But because of that, YouTube can be, can have broad discretion as to who uses its services and, and how you apply it to, to an extent, to a limit. But I think that was a major factor in the court's decision. Right. Oh, and also on that, that uh, filing timely issue, in the terms of service with YouTube is basically it says if you need to file a lawsuit, you need to file it within one year, right? And it shows you like the importance of some of these terms in your contracts or in terms of service, including whether you're requiring arbitration or waiving class action lawsuits, which can be enforceable and non-enforceable depending, and then also limiting what's called the statute of limitations to one year. So long as it's a reasonable amount of time, you can't make it one week, you can't make it you know, one month. And so one year in this case, even though it may have been an adhesion contract was not unconscionable, they enforced it. And so, you know, just a lesson from a terms of service side that if you're running a website with users. It's similar to, there was another case with another YouTube celebrity and they, YouTube removed her recount or sorry, removed her account. 
And they basically relied on YouTube ultimately ended up winning, going back to the terms of service again, looking at what was actually in there. Yeah. And there was a li- a provision in there in terms of, you know, limiting their liability. And they disclaimed liability for any, you know, deletions or omissions of the con of content. So they basically covered themselves by saying, Hey, we can do what we want and tough break, I guess. And, you know, it's, I'm sure that these aren't the only, there's, there's a bunch of different cases that have been similar. And, and it's strange because even though, okay, these are obviously big companies that have a competent legal department that can write this stuff and even specialists in this area. But even the court specified that YouTube's terms of service were, quote, inartfully drafted, yet they still unambiguously reserve the right to remove that content in its sole discretion. So it's again, this, it kind of shows you that, look, you don't need fancy language or even a complex terms of service. What's important here is that it needs to be unambiguous and even in plain language is actually better, especially with an adhesion contract so that it's understood and so forth and fair. But going back to our social media, this shows you that you are pretty much at the mercy of these companies. They have such broad discretion that if your business model and marketing model is based upon the goodwill of YouTube, Twitter, you may want to make sure that you're following the rules to the T so that there's no ambiguity as to whether or not they're going to you know, remove your account. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it boils down to for businesses. It's, you know, I, my take on this, and this isn't really a legal take, is as long as I guess you're you're doing everything in line with their terms of service or terms of use or you know, all the rules that they might have on their social that media platform, you should be okay. I mean, I don't, as far as I know, Google or YouTube, Facebook isn't going around and just deleting or removing content that isn't in violation of what they have on their rules. Yeah. So as long as you're following the the rules that are provided, I would think you would be okay. Yeah, I th- I think so and and I I've, I've had I've had some anecdotal experiences where if you are if you have an if you approach Facebook or Twitter on their customer service side, which is very difficult to get on, but if you're paying money for example and buying ads and so forth, you can get that those contacts and run up the channel that if you have a reasonable position, you can usually talk your way into it in the sense filing a lawsuit is probably the the way that you're not going to get a result because once you're once you file a lawsuit it gets kind of publicized now they have to fight you unless they're actually doing something really illegal because they have the defenses within their terms of service so really it's about convincing them like look yeah we we accidentally this marketing company paid for manipulating the ads we didn't know about them but we we got rid of them can you reactivate our account or you know think about it if they strictly apply these terms of service, then I, as a third party, can buy a bunch of people to manipulate your data and cause your account to be sabotaged, and I could be a competitor, right? And so there are you know, channels underground that you can actually go towards that don't require an actual legal action. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, speaking to what you just said, there was another case that basically kind of came to the same terms of service there, you know, YouTube, unambiguously reserve the right to remove content in its sole discretion and discontinue, et cetera. You know, they, they hold the power to do that. It's you're agreeing to do it in the terms of service by, by using the site. And like you said, I mean, I guess there are, now there are ways to pay for 
Well, is that is the YouTube Red? Is that still going on? I haven't paid attention. No, it is. They're they're putting out more services with it too. I'm trying to remember. Like for example, if you have YouTube Red, you can listen to music while your screen is off on your phone and different things like that. But that's my take. The reason I ask that is if you're paying for something, there's a greater expectation there. But like for this, you know, if let's say you put something up on YouTube and you're not paying anything and you just put this video up, I mean, how upset can you really be? <laughs> I mean, I get why people are upset, but you see what I'm saying? It's, you know, you're doing getting something for free. You're getting basically a free platform to put your videos up, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's true. And aren't there some users, YouTube users that actually have advertising contracts with YouTube directly, like not separate than just the automatic ads because probably I, I, I like some of the high volume or visitors that actually generate traffic. I actually think they have pre, you know, actual negotiated contracts. And I, I'm sure in those contexts, those agreements with the social media giants are a little bit different, but if you're just a typical user and the terms of service apply, you have to kind of just accept that there's some risk involved because you have such dependence upon that free marketing tool that you're using. Yeah. The thing I hate now is that it's like basically every video has an, has an ad before. There's video, I go to like ESPN.com and this has been multiple times I've watched a 15 or 20 second video and there'll be a 30 second <laughs> yeah. video like ad. It's like so literally the ad is longer than this video I want to watch. I have to sit through something that's sometimes twice as long as the actual classic little segment I want to watch. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> uh, first world problems, right? It's uh, yeah. So I, I mean, we kind of gave the advice for for businesses, I think, and just you know, as as one sided are as these terms of service are for Facebook, YouTube, etc. I mean, you just have to be smart about it <laughs> and follow the rules and make sure you're not doing anything. Usually, what it has is a list of things that are prohibited from you that are prohibited from doing. So as long as you're not doing those, it should be okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And just think about it this way. I, I've seen I've seen businesses that all of a sudden they have had all this traffic and they're doing really well in their marketing game, but then all of a sudden that channel gets turned off. And most businesses can't afford that in their you know beginning years, especially if you're in retail and so forth. You depend so much upon you know some of these marketing channels and it gets turned off, you're in trouble. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no doubt. And businesses have that happens to your business that's you should be upset about it <laughs> could really ruin your business the way people search online these days absolutely so i think that's our take-home advice just listen to the entire episode for the take-home advice <laughs> yeah so who what's your well i guess yeah this will be perfect I'll, i'm going to ask for your predictions for the final four since it's in your hometown oh yeah it's in houston texas we're very excited <laughs> i i don't know who's in it yet because we just talked about this yesterday, by the way. Yeah. But did you tell me who was in it or was I just not paying attention? I mentioned at least one team for sure. And that one team was Xavier. No, they lost. You see. Uh close. See you? I don't know. I don't know. UNC. Oh you Oh that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did mention that. I forgot. Yeah. No, but it, actually one of the cool things in Houston is that one of the hotels has this nice decal on it. It says final four. That's probably the most exciting thing that I've seen so far <laughs> regarding the final four big time, <laughs> but all right. Well, that's your prediction. UNC to win. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, one of the four, <laughs> I think there's a good chance of that happening. Well, I mean, I don't know. It could be a contested brokered convention they've been talking about for a while. So some dark horse candidate 
Well, are we talking about basketball or? Yeah. Oh, UNC is currently under investigation for academic fraud. Oh, okay. So, by the by, the NCAA. By, by the so. time they get to the finals, they're going to be in jail. So, possibly. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.